Hey, good morning. Good to see you. Um, if I can come to you this morning with just a heavy heart. Uh, we're so happy you're joining us online. Um, but just really for me and, and for many of us, a really hard week this week. Um, if you don't know, so far in our world, there are wars, there is injustice. And right now, I'm just referencing at the time in Ukraine. Um, and we just wanted to take some, some moments this morning and just pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine together as a church. Uh, and maybe I wanted to challenge you, and maybe you feel that you're unsure if you really care. Uh, you're unsure if you really care to know more. Um, I want to encourage you that this is a cool, unique time where we get to draw closer to the heart of God. Um, as we know, we want to grow to be more like Jesus, and, and we know that, that Jesus, God, He cares. And so He calls us into caring to be closer to His heart for His people, but also our brothers and sisters. And so, as you know, the, the updates are hourly at this point of what's going on. Um, the, the, the threats, and even so far, uh, some of the, the, the hurt that has happened, we just want to come to God and ask Him to move in a unique way. Uh, to move in a supernatural way, to, to bring healing and peace and hope. And so I just wanted to lead us in a prayer this morning <clears throat> together as a church uh, for our brothers and sisters in U Ukraine. So if you don't mind bowing your heads with me as we pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this morning that we get to be together. But God, we come to you with a really pressing need right now. And it's the need that our brothers and sisters in Ukraine are facing at the very moment right now. So God, I ask that you would bring healing and peace. God, I ask that you would change hearts of, of, of leadership and military forces that are, that are oppressing those around them, that you would change hearts, that they would retreat. God, I pray that you would be with our brothers and sisters in Ukraine who have lost loved ones, who are displaced. God, that you would bring unity quickly. God, I pray that you would, would bring resolve even moments from now, God, we just pray for the special blessing that it is for you to be um, close to, to our friends. And I pray that for some of our hearts that you would help us grow in caring because you care, God. And we want to grow close to you and, and be like you. And so would you help us care too? God, we love you. We trust you with this. Uh, you have not lost control. You have, you're, you're still in charge. And so, God, we are, are eager to see what you will do. We thank you for what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> thank you. Thanks for that. Uh, like Dave said, my name's Ross. I'm the student pastor here, and I have the greatest honor to be with you. I'm mostly with high school and middle school students, some young adults, and, but today I get to be with you. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, we're going to dive into what Dave uh, had said and, and, and what I feel like God's put on my heart today. Uh, just kind of a heart check for us. Uh, but before that, I wanted to make sure you knew a little bit about me. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, uh, student ministry saved me. Uh, of course, Jesus did in student ministry, but I got invited as a seventh grader because I loved this girl to go to youth group, and that's where I met Jesus, and he changed me forever. I gave my life to Christ in middle school and, and soon after began to really quickly understand maybe some gifts God had given me uh, uh, to put towards ministry, and over many, many years as I was leading up to graduation, it became clear to me that God was calling me to voc vocational ministry where I sit with you today, and I get to learn alongside Jesus, with, learn alongside you to grow in Jesus together here in church, and it's been super fun. It's been so awesome. I had an amazing student pastor, and so really, one of my goals is like to be as cool as he was, to be as amazing as he was, to be as close to Jesus as he was, 
And so I carry that with our students, and I work with young adults too. It's been so incredible. We've really loved our journey here so far. And just so you get to know some of my family, I have my wife, Noelle. Uh, she is amazing. She has blonde, awesome hair, and she is so beautiful. Uh, but she is truly, truly amazing. Uh, she loves Jesus so deeply. So if you've met her before, you've met the best part of our family. So you're welcome. You don't probably need to get to know me anymore. So you can just get to know our family through her. Uh, no, she's super incredible and amazing. Actually, I remember quickly, I, I caught on to how amazing she was when we first met. Uh, we met at a, a, a dinner together for a mutual friend we had that we didn't know we had. And so we got invited, some of me and my guy friends and some of her and her girlfriends, to this dinner in this place called Market at Maine. So you kind of get in the setting here, right, to celebrate our buddy. And so they actually sit us at the same table, okay, some of this, some, me and my guy friends, her and her girlfriends. And I began to get to know this person, Noelle, and she was amazing. I remember I left, and uh, my buddy at the time, we were living together, and we were leaving to go to our car to go back home after the dinner, and I'm like, man... She is amazing and really beautiful. You know, in this season of college life, you're like looking everywhere for the one. You know what I'm saying? You're looking under rocks or is she under there. You're looking in, in, in wherever. You're going to dinners like maybe this is the time, you know. And I just felt, man, she's so incredible. And, and my buddy, in the most tenderhearted way, he, he loved me. We talked a lot about this uh, dating and stuff like that. And he was like, man, yeah, you're right. And you have no chance whatsoever. <laughs> She's way out of your league. I could tell that from the very beginning, okay? So if you're online and you heard that, it's, it's very true, okay? Uh, she was way out of my league, but uh, like Jesus does, right? He takes no chance and brings some chance, you know what I'm saying? And then you get the chance. And, and that's when we started dating and we're married now. So it's been really cool. I've been so blessed by that. Maybe some of you guys need to look at your spouse or, or who you're dating and be like, yeah, thank God for this chance to love you. Like, truly. And so I, it's been so cool. We've been married for six years. We have two kids. Uh, one's really fresh and new. Our, our little baby Baker, he's less than two months old, so he's about this big. Sits in our arms. And then our, our two-year-old daughter, her name's Della. She's about this tall, and she's super cute and so fun. And we just love, love, love being here in Dubuque with you. My wife, she actually grew up in Dubuque, and so she's a Dubuquer. She's back home, which has been really, really fun and exciting. She's a, a go Dubuque Ram, Dubuque Mustang, um, Fighting Saint, Dubuque Fighting Saints. And then uh, I had to get corrected, okay? I'm so sorry. In the first service, I said the Tri-State Tigers. It's actually the Tri-State Huskies. So I'm sorry, Tri-Staters. Thank you. I'm so sorry. But she's Tri-State Husky, right? She born and bred here in Dubuque, and so it's been super fun to see her come back home. Uh, but before this, we were in Chicagoland, and it, it was so incredible. We had so many amazing moments in ministry there, but like God does, he begins to ask us to take next steps. And that's where God began to ask us uh, and prompt us to take the next step to come here to Hope Church. And ever since we said yes, it's been a crazy fun journey getting to know you, and what I found really quickly, uh, how God works, is that I've grown to really love you. And so thank you. But more so, I feel like we've been super blessed because we've grown to know that you love us. And thank you for that. And so being new or here at Hope Church, only about six months in, I've grown to know that Hope Church is a place that truly loves each other, but also loves the community around them. And I'm super honored and so blessed to be a part of it. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, this morning, I believe God's really put something on my heart for us to dive into. <clears throat> um, 
And I think I just want to start and open us in prayer because today is going to be kind of a heart check moment. We're going to look at a parable where Jesus delivers a heart check moment. He talks about like our hearts, every single one of our hearts in this room today. And um, I just wanted to pray because sometimes I feel like we can jump in on a Sunday morning and things are going on in life. And, and we're thinking of the things we got to do later and, and we're kind of worried and, and concerned about some stuff. And so I'm going to ask God and invite him to just calm our hearts, even mine, and kind of get ourselves out of the way of what he might want to say. And so let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this morning, God. Thank you for even those tuning in online as they're at home or wherever they're at. Thank you for the many that sit in this room today. Uh, with me, God, I just ask that you would clear our mind and calm our hearts, that you would give us clarity of hearing for you, God, that we could just hear you so, so um, specifically through your word, hear you so clearly, God, that you would get me out of the way, that you would speak. So God, we love you and we trust you with this time. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're kind of like me, you notice things sometimes, right? I mean, we, we like naturally notice things throughout life. We notice when the lights are on, so we need to go turn them off, right? But, but naturally, as we've been going through parables in this, in this series, I've noticed really quickly, naturally, Jesus talks a lot about our heart. And I think that's really unique and important because our hearts are super important. If you think about it, like our hearts, a lot of what we do and the way we love spring from our heart, right? Our faith and the way we, we actually tune in to God, like he speaks to our heart. And so naturally, Jesus would really care about our heart. And this morning, uh, Jesus actually delivers a parable and an understanding of it that would further deepen the place and where our heart is at. Um, early in life, I grew up in the southeast side of Indianapolis uh, before I went to college at Liberty and then to Chicago and here. Uh, I lived on a farm. And so do we have any farmer uh, living? You live on a farm in here? Okay, awesome, awesome. Let me preface this whole thing that I only lived on a farm when I was younger. And so I may not know the professional farm terms or like the professional farm thing, okay? Nathan, I'm talking to you. I'm sorry. Okay, I have my buddy Nathan in here. Uh, he's a young adult. I, I, he's a farmer. And so I kind of feel bad that he will know. But I, I feel like, like literally like um, when I was young, we would, I grew up on a farm. It was a beef cattle farm. And so we would grow up uh, like grow cow and help them grow and get kind of fat and awesome. And then they would go off to be slaughtered to be the, the cheeseburgers and stuff we like, right? And so we would actually tend to cows and feed them hay, but oftentimes, sometimes we would feed them the kind of this grain mixture, okay? And it would be this grain mixture with some corn in it or some other stuff to kind of fatten them up in a season. And so my dad, they, the cows aren't too smart. My dad would send me out with a bucket and say, you need to go uh, kind of entice the cows with this grain because we're going to pour it in this kind of trough where they need to eat it to grow. I'm like, okay, I got that. And we lived on a small farm, so it wasn't that hard of a job to do this. And so me, as a natural little kid, I'm excited. I pick up the bucket. I'm beginning to run out and throw some grain. We're going to figure it out. Feed the, feed the cows. We're going to figure it out, right? It really just turned into me taking grain, just throwing at their face. Come on! And they're just like, you know, it's probably mean of me, but I was a little kid. And so, but naturally you throw it out and kind of entice them towards the main pile of grain that would be uh, but over time, especially uh, like, like in the warmer months, I would notice really quickly that depending on where my grain would, would, would actually sit and lie, it would begin to grow if it wasn't eaten. Like you begin to see little stalks of things like, like a little corn stalk or something because it would grow in a certain spot. Other spots you wouldn't really see much. You would see some grow just a little bit and it would die off. But I'd actually see this happening and it was really unique and cool. I was like beginning to learn how to be an ag agricultural genius. I was excited. I know how to plant things unintentionally. This is great, right? 
This morning we're going to be in a parable where Jesus actually begins the story similar to, to how I experienced it growing up. A farmer spreading grain, spreading seed. And something happens when he spreads it on different soil. And we're going to pick it up in Mark chapter 4, 1 through 20. I'm going to be reading out of the NLT. It'll be a little different than the Bible under your seat, but you can look it up on your phone, or if you have the NLT, that's great. Um, but I'll be reading out of the NLT, so it might sound a little different, but it's still the Word of God. So let's, let's jump in. Mark 4, verse 1. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lakeshore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into the boat. Then he sat in the boat a while while the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Verse 3. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. Okay, so pause. Uh, just so you know, just really briefly, uh, whenever I kind of walk through the Word, I like to pause and kind of catch up with what God's doing. And so we'll do some of that this morning. And here's this moment, right? Jesus is doing what he naturally does, teaching people. This is where we see God's compassion through, through Jesus, right? Like he, he stops and teaches them the Word of God. This is beautiful. Like Jesus does that with us today as we read his Word, even too. And so this is a moment where Jesus is pretty, pretty like accustomed to a large crowd, crowd gathering, sometimes on a lakeshore, jumping into a boat, which becomes kind of his pulpit at the time, and then sharing for all to hear, right? Natural. What's a little different, though, is in this passage, in this verse, verse 3, and where I kind of want to encourage you today before we dive into this heart check a little bit further as we go. In verse 3, Jesus says something really specific. He says, listen, listen. And Jesus, when he's delivering this in, in my translation, it's listen, exclamation point, And he begins the parable, I think is really unique for us to sit in and understand today. Because where you are at today, as you're listening online or you're sitting in here and listening to my voice in this room, you have an opportunity to listen for what God has to say today. You have an opportunity to listen. You have a chance to listen for what God has to say. But here's the really interesting piece, okay? And I'm in the thick of it with my two-year-old daughter, who is amazing, right? Because as we know of listening, we can listen and hear, but there's a crossover to obedience that comes a little bit harder, Right? See, Jesus is prompting us to listen and hear, but that would actually lead to obedience, which leads to life change, right? But like I said, in my two-year-old world with my daughter, Della, who's incredible, I love her so much, she is at the, at, the, at the crossroads of the listening and hearing, which leads to obedience. Am I, can I get an amen, right? Right? Like right now, Adela, in, in her age, she's understanding what it means to obey. And here's the, just a quick example, right? Uh, we have our new baby boy, Baker. He's less than two months old. And, you know, kind of like we call him Baker Man, right? Bake me a cake as fast as you can. You know, yeah, it's just an easy song for us to sing. That's not why we named him that, but it's just cool. And so uh, we have Baker, and so Della comes up in excitement and grabs Baker's hand. And we're talking to her, and we're saying, okay, do not hurt him, right? And she has his hand don't bite him. Hey, Della, are you listening? And we can tell. We got our attention now. I'm listening, right? She's listening and hearing us. Della, Della, do not bite him. Della, bite, right? She hasn't crossed over to the obedience yet, right? She hasn't crossed over to this obedient part yet. We talk, we say the word obedience and obey probably hundreds of times in our house right now. It's just a season of, of two-year-old life, right? But funny enough, I think when it comes to our relationship with God, 
And this charge that Jesus gives us at the beginning of this parable to listen and hear me, but also that could lead to obedience. I believe each of us, when it comes to our relationship with God, funny enough, have a little bit of two-year-old in us. Because we, as well, struggle with this transition from listening and hearing God and what he says to actually obeying it and living it out in our lifestyle that we see today. That's so difficult. That's so hard. Thankful for, for God's grace, right? Because we don't always get it right. But you have a chance today. I believe if you lean in and tune in, that God wants to say something to you that could lead to you not only listening and hearing, but obeying what he has to say. Taking a step with him when he asks you to take it. So, let's continue on in our passage, right? We're um, in Mark 4, and we're going to kind of finish up the passage here in verse 4. Uh, after verse 3, it says, Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. In verse 4, as he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock, and the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up, that grew up and choked out the tender plants so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much had been planted. Verse 9, this is key. Then he said, this is Jesus, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Right? So pause. Jesus is giving this really, really perfect example of what a farmer does to plant seed. Right? He's talking to people who probably, their profession is agricultural work. Right? Probably a lot of fishermen too. Like naturally they're gathering to hear him speak from a profession they very well know to be one of spreading seed and hoping for its, its harvest. Right? And so the cool thing about this parable and the cool thing about parables is that parables help us understand God, God's kingdom better. He uses an earthly story, but it has this heavenly meaning, which we're going to get into in a moment. Because if you're like me, I begin to wonder, Jesus, where are you going with this one? Because you're, you're speaking to the crowd that knows what farming is like, and Jesus and the, and, and the mighty work of God, it's so cool, he knows how to grab our attention, Right? He knows how to grab our attention for us to hear him. And so, furthermore, in verse 10, right, it says, Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parable meant, right? So they're in a similar spot as us. What does this parable really mean? Verse 11, he said, he replied, You are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders, so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they, when they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. So again, this is this like, unique moment that, that we have to further understand uh, what this parable actually means. And Jesus kind of really explicitly explains it here. Uh, he actually like, references this moment in Isaiah, this prophecy in Isaiah uh, that is really unique. But if I can paint a picture for you of what Jesus is trying to say here, uh, you can kind of picture a parable as this doorway between us and understanding what God's kingdom is like. Okay? And if you have doorways at your house, which I hope you do, if you live in a house with no doors, that would be kind of interesting. That, that would be, you think about it, like you go to bed and there's like no doorway. You walk in your house and there's just the outside is there, you know, you no doors. But if you have doors at your house, you kind of know this and you notice that with the door comes a key, typically. 
If you have doors without keys, that would be interesting too, like a doorway to enter your house. That'd be interesting, no key. Actually, we do have that in my house. It's a code. So you might have a door with a code. Okay, finishing up. So Jesus paints this picture that these parables can act as kind of like this doorway to us further understanding God's kingdom, but like a door typically has a key, we need a key to further understand. We need a key to further grow in knowledge and understanding of what it would be like in God's kingdom, and that key may be whosoever, Jesus, right? As we give our lives to Christ in salvation, we actually inherit the kingdom of God, understanding it for what it's worth, and growing in understanding, like, as we go through life. And so Jesus offers this key by what? His word and his truth and his understanding given to us to understand. It's this really unique picture that we have a choice to actually walk into a further understanding, lean in and hear for what God has to say. Further, we see after this moment where, where they're in misunderstanding, I think it's so unique in this parable that Jesus delivers the explicit understanding of what he's talking about and where we're going to finish our time together this morning of our heart check in verse 13. It says this, Then Jesus said to them, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? Then he goes into the understanding, right? In verse 14, The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come at it once, come at once and take it away. Verse 16, The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce harvests of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. So Jesus delivers to us very explicitly, the understanding to be of this parable. And if you're like me, I read that and begin to understand that, oh, 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 God is talking about the soil of our heart and our life. That this understanding goes a bit deeper and personal now, that it's actually about me. So my question for you this morning as we go through these examples is what kind of soil is your heart made of? What kind of soil is your heart made of today? In verse 15, let's go through it. In verse 15, Jesus says, The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. We could say that this heart is a hard and dry one. This lifestyle is hard and dry. That these type of people, they're close to Jesus. Who might, who might we know, like, like who might we know in the Bible that is closed off to Jesus? The Pharisees, right? They're closed off. They, they deny Jesus at every word. They, they don't not only not accept him, but oppose him, like with everything, right? Like every move Jesus makes, every step he takes, they're watching. Just like that police song, you know? And they're like singing the chorus too. Like honestly, they're like, and can't you see? This is blasphemy. <laughs> Only half the room got that, and I love that. I love that. Thank you online if you got it. Thank you. But, like, seriously, these guys are, are at, like, any cost trying to tear Jesus down, and, 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 and blasphemy is he. Like, he, he is not the Son of God. Like, not him. 
They have a hard and dry heart towards what God is doing with his son Jesus, right? What happens to this heart, like naturally with us, right? We hear in the word that Satan snatches it, snatches the seed away quickly. This is the look of like our desire is taken quickly for wanting to grow to know God. We lose our desire to know God. We begin to think like our, our, like our, our bedtime routine is greater than the time we could spend in the Bible, so we're going to choose that instead. We have a hard heart when it comes to wanting to grow in God's word. We, we then t- tend to look at like self-justifications greater than repentance. Well, I had to lie to do this, so I'm good. No, I had to cheat. I, ha- I, I had to steal. I had, I had to do this act. Like, this is what the world does. I don't need to repent. We begin to get into uh, uh, movies or, or these, these Netflix routines, and it's greater than prayer. I don't need to spend time with God. I'm good, so I'm just going to watch a movie. These are these signs of this hardened heart we can have. Even in this moment, you may feel you're sitting here or, or sitting at home, and, and you want to check your phone or think about what's going to happen after this, and you don't really have a desire to care more about what God would say because it might be a little hard, and you're out. That can be this moment of a hardened heart in you and me. Verse 16 and 17, shallow and rocky. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They're persecuted for believing God's word, right? Who might these people be that we know that have shallow and rocky soil in their hearts, right? The crowds that follow Jesus. They're coming after it and saying, Jesus, yeah, this is awesome. Oh, I have to do that though? Yeah, I don't think I'm out. Oh, you, like, I have to pick up my cross and follow you, but that's hard and the world hates that. I'm out. They begin to, like, be there to listen, but out when it gets tough and there's exclusive claims to follow him. Like, I'm here for the miracles, Jesus, but not really the lifestyle. I'm here when it's good, but when it's bad, see you later. They treat God as kind of like this life guru, right? Like, like, oh, he has some good life tips. This is great, but, like, I can do my own thing. That's the shallow, and, ro- shallow and, and rocky soil that we see we can sit in in our heart. Next is crowded and anxious in verse 18 and 19. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. If I'm going to be completely honest, this is probably the one we struggle with in our culture today. We've got so many opportunities flooding at us, choices to make for really good and cool things, but honestly, some that aren't so much. And and we begin to have these crowded and anxious hearts like, does God really care like about the stuff I'm going through? Does he really understand? Or I'm too busy to do what what I know I should do. And so we begin in this moment that so many of our things rise to the priority of God's things. And really naturally we say, I know that God says I need to be a part of a church body, but I am part of this club too. And and we do things on Sunday morning and and yeah, that's really important too. So like I'm gonna skip this thing to do this thing. Or like like even like you think of um, like the social status you have or the comforts you have or or this lure of wealth that, that scripture says, this desire to, to want to grow more in wealth, and that then prioritizes your lifestyle uh, differently than what God asks. So you begin to say, I know I'm supposed to be a part of a life group, but I really like doing this on this night because I know it gives me this social stat. And so we begin to manage and say, actually, 
think I might be out. I don't know if you remember weeks ago, uh, Pastor Marty spoke about this, spoke about godly treasures. And I thought of like kind of this, this, this interaction with that. This crowded and anxious heart oftentimes says our pleasures over godly treasures. The things I want and need to do over what God asks me to do. It's a really hard place to be in with our heart today. The world encourages it, to be completely honest. It's tough. Last is soft and open. Verse 20, and the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much that has been planted. The soft and open heart, who can we know to have that that we see in Scripture? And that's the disciples. The people who are the disciples of Jesus, who say yes, who accept him at every word, right? And actually follow it. They stick with Jesus even when it gets hard. They're persecuted for doing that, but they're still with him even when they don't fully understand. Even when they're unsure, they choose to trust him over anything. They choose to listen and lean in and hear what he has to say and the way he asks us to live over their own desires. But to be completely honest, this heart comes with some challenges too because we see now, like, like illuminated to us in the scripture that literally this heart is the farmer to go out and spread the truth to those around us. And so the challenge we face with a soft and open heart is that we can be soft and open with God, but are we really sharing that truth with those around us? At home, at work, in our community? We can be soft and open with God, but are we really soft and open so much so where we're sharing the good news with those around us? We're taking it to the ends of the earth. Sadly, sometimes we mix this, this like charge from God to say go and make disciples with us actually seeing the progress. So sometimes a soft and open heart can fall into this understand, like this hardship of like, God, I am sharing the truth. So maybe you're there, but I'm discouraged because I'm not seeing the fruit. And, and kind of a, a reminder is that God doesn't promise us to see the fruit of, of where we share. But he promises that by his word doesn't return void, that there will be fruit. He just doesn't say, you're promised to see it. And so sometimes we face those moments where we share the truth with our family members or our friends. We don't see any movement. We're like, God, why? And God's like, I'm still working. Trust me. But I never promised that you would see the outcome. But I promise that by your faithfulness, I will produce an outcome. So just trust me. Sometimes God's so good and his grace is so good like that he gives us an opportunity to see some of the fruit of our, of our like, labor, some of the fruit of us sharing, and that's so fun. But never let us confuse it with being promised that with a soft and open heart. So I wanted to challenge you today, as we read through this parable, I think that we really need to do a heart check. Because wherever you're at in the room, if you, say yes, if you said yes to Jesus or not, if you follow him or not, your heart is in a place with God. One of these places, which is so unique about the way God actually describes this parable to us, is because it directly applies to me and you, me, me included. Your heart's in one of these places today. And so I'm actually going to invite uh, Kevin up. Kevin's one of our high school students. He's also an amazing pianist. And here's what we're going to do in a minute. I'm actually going to guide you through some time with God. You know as a church, like, our hope is to help you connect with God the best that you can to create spaces for that. And this morning is going to be a unique space for that. We actually want you to begin talking with God on where your heart's at. And so Kevin's just going to play uh, uh, some chords of our closing song. And I'm actually going to lead you in a guided prayer through some places your heart might be this morning. 
And so would you bow your head with me and we're gonna begin talking with God. I'm gonna invite you even in moments to talk with God too. Uh, And that's all good, it's gonna be okay. I'm with you. And so maybe in this moment, you've been hearing from God, he's talking with you and you feel that your heart is in a hard and dry place. You feel closed off to where God wants you to go. You feel closed off to what he wants you to do. God, I don't wanna hear it. Or maybe you don't even have a relationship with Jesus and you're already closed off to that to begin with. Well, today, remember, you have a chance to listen and hear, but also that leads to obedience and actually taking a step with him, that you can pray right now. And I invite you to pray right now, to take a moment and ask God to soften your heart. So God, would you soften our hearts? Maybe you're in a spot where you feel your heart is shallow and rocky. You feel you're with Jesus for the good times, but in the bad times, you're out. The challenges of this life and following Jesus is too much. It's hard to trust Jesus with what you've got going on. So I want you to take a moment right now and just ask God, God, would you strengthen my faith today? Would you strengthen my heart? Maybe you feel like you're in a crowded and anxious spot in your heart today with God. The the life you have right now feels so overwhelming, feels so difficult to keep up with. You said yes to too many things or you said yes to some things and over-prioritized them for God things. Being part of a life group, plugging in uh, and serving and actually being a part of a community of believers here on Sunday mornings. So I'm just gonna ask you just to take a moment and ask God to help you prioritize your life. Ask him to help you see the things, maybe even good things that you need to say no to, to say yes to the better things that he's asking you to say yes to. And finally, the soft and open heart. Maybe with a soft and open heart, you, you honestly sit here and say, I feel soft and open to hear God's word and take it for what it's worth and, and spread it to the people around me, but I struggle with that. I can't think of the last time I shared the truth with someone around me. So maybe today with a soft and open heart, you're still challenged to go and be the farmer God calls you to be of spreading his word to those around you today. So take a moment and ask God to give you direction on where to share. Ask God for that name or that person that you see almost every day that you haven't been fully honest with of where you're at with God even today in a good spot and an encouraging one, but a one that leads you to further obedience to share. So God, I ask that all of our prayers, God, that we know you're listening and you're here with us. And that's the beautiful part about our relationship with you, God, is as we lean in and we listen in here, you give us chances to, to actually step in and obey. And God, we, we, we honestly admit that the transition from listening and hearing to obedience is really hard. But God, would you help us? Would you give us your grace and mercy? Give us people around us to encourage us to take steps with you. And God, wherever our heart's at today, whether it be closed off to you and what you want to do, and it could care less maybe about you, God. 
to maybe it's in a spot where it's soft and open, but you need, you, you, like we need to be challenged to share that truth with people around us. God, wherever we're at, shallow and rocky, crowded and anxious, God, that you would move in our lives. Help us take that next step with you. We need the strength and the courage. God, we trust you with this time. We trust you in your word that as you say, God, that you love us and you care. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name.